Welcome to the Torah Sisters Podcast. I'm Amy K. Gunther, and I love Yeshua, and I keep the Torah. I created Torah Sisters to help other like-minded women have a place to connect, grow, and be encouraged. Go to TorahSisters.com and sign up to get my free emails. And while you're there, also visit the store to subscribe to Torah Sisters Magazine. You can also get free stuff and lots more. I hope that you feel at home here. Hi, Torah Sisters. This is Amy K. Gunther. Welcome back to the podcast. In this episode, I'm going to ask answer a question that a lady asked me a while back. She said something like, Amy, how do you deal with your family and friends who think you have gone apostate? So I will tell her how I deal. <laughs> my, just my take on it. But first, click the link in the description below, ladies. I have back printed issues of the magazine on sale right now, 35% off. There's only five of these left in print. Once the print is sold out, I never order more. I'll always have the PDF downloads available of all the back issues, but once the print ones are gone, they're gone. So go get those right now. The ladies are smart. I see your orders coming in while I'm filling them. The ladies will buy one of each one because they know that they'll sell out and they know it's a good deal. So go get yours before they sell out. The sale will go on for a few more days or until they run out. And on June 15th, the next issue of the magazine comes out, which you can see I have a picture of it up and I will start shipping those new ones out to current subscribers about around June 15th. But the back issues, they are on a timeline. I don't have a lot left. So let's talk about this woman's question because of course it's a really good question and it's one that we all probably, I think, have to deal with. <laughs> um, if And I'm assuming most of you are like me well, if you're a Torah sister and you're hanging out here, it's because you love Yeshua and you think that we're supposed to keep the Torah. And that means we do the Bible feasts. And well, to me, it means, you know, I do the Bible feasts. I do Passover, unleavened bread, all those feasts and, and the Old Testament. And I wear tassels and I keep the Sabbath and I don't eat pork. I follow the food laws that are found in the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. And I still love Yeshua and I still believe that he died to give me eternal life so that I have the hope of resurrection someday. And that's where I put my faith. That's where I put my trust. I am saved by grace because I've broken the law many, many, many times. And I only had to break it one time to need a savior. And because of, even if I only had broken it one time, I would still need a savior. And my savior's name is Yeshua. And so I put my faith in him alone. And then because I'm redeemed, because I'm bought with a price, I glorify him in all that I do. And I do that by keeping the Torah. That is how I know how to love God and to love others. The Torah and the whole rest of the Bible tells me how to do that. So we'll just put that right out there right now. That is my biblical worldview. Now, I didn't always used to have that understanding. I was raised in a, um, a what I call a mainstream Christian home, Baptist, and then non-denominational kind of reformed Calvinistic type of church later on. Uh, and, you know, they don't do any of this Torah stuff. <laughs> in fact, quite the opposite. They would say that their interpretation of 
mostly misinterpretation of Paul and his letters, they would say that Paul was saying, if you do Old Testament stuff, you're going to hell because you're trying to save yourself by a workspace sort of righteousness, which we know Paul never said that. <laughs> he said quite the opposite. Um, and there is, um, you know, it's not good to try to save yourself by your own works. You are pretty doomed, but Yeshua is our example and he kept the Torah. And what I came to realize is that you can like rest on Saturday and still cling to Yeshua and cling to the cross. I can refuse to eat pork and still be saved by grace. They're not opposed to each other. And, um, but I was raised in a way where if you tried to do, you know, it's so funny because mainstream Christians, like they believe in obedience. They think that there is a right way for a Christian to live. But if you do it on Saturday, then you're going to hell <laughs> because it's an Old Testament thing. So, um, you know, and I'm not criticizing because I believed it too. You know, we all, if, so if you came from a place like I came from, you understand. And to this day, I'm the only one in my family who interprets the scriptures like this. And it was hard and it is hard. And so I understand this lady's question. And um, her question was, how do you deal with friends, Christian friends? Oh, she didn't say family. She said Christian friends thinking you went apostate. And she says, I feel like the enemy is attacking us from family and friends. And there she quotes air quotes, concerns. <laughs> so, yes. Um, yes, it's hard. And she, I think she just wanted to know, how does Amy deal with it? So, here's the short answer. You just deal, I guess. I don't, I don't have anything profound to say here, sisters. You just deal. And by deal, you just learn to be content in this difficult circumstance. Because at the core of the question is, how do you deal with people thinking something of you? First of all, that's not true. Secondly, it's awful. Like they think we, they think we went apostate. They think we're something that we're not and that it's a terrible thing. So but ultimately, it's just their thinking. It's like they have this false idea of us. And it's really hard and uncomfortable and really downright rotten when people think something of us that isn't true. And especially if they won't listen. <laughs> they won't. When you try to correct their misunderstanding of you and they won't listen, that's very frustrating. and. Some of you do, especially when you first come to Torah, um, family and friends will reach out to you with concerns. <laughs> you know, they, they think you've entered a cult or they think you're stomping on the grace of God and you're going to hell. They think you're becoming Jewish. And of course, you should say, what would even be the problem with that if it were true? Like, it's, they have concerns. And so, usually, sisters, after a while everything settles down. It's always still kind of there in most 
relationships with family and friends, this sort of elephant in the room where they still have concerns, but the drama settles down. And this is true with everything, isn't it? You look back over your life, things change, people get not riled up in that it's not a big deal. It's a big deal. What they think you're doing is a big deal. (laughs) And what you're doing is a big deal, but in a good way, not a bad way, like they think. Like, I'm not trying to trivialize the drama. Like, it's no not important. It's a real um, relationship issue. And at the core of it is, you know, for them, they think eternity is at stake here. Or cult-like behavior. Like, to them, it's a really big deal. Um, and to you, it's a big deal because you're like, you hate sin and you don't want to sin. You want to walk uprightly and you know that that involves not profaning the Sabbath. You know that involves doing Passover and you know that that involves eating things that are food and not eating meats that are not food. It It is a big deal. But what will pass is the uncomfortable and the extreme of everybody being upset. Whenever something is new, it's, you know, the dust kicks up. And eventually, in most relationships in in my own life, and, you know, I talk, I've so, I know so many people, and we all love to share our stories. There's a common thread that over time, the dust sort of settles. And it doesn't mean that people come to an agreement. It just means everybody kind of learns how to keep moving forward with the disagreement. You're not going to agree with everyone. And you might very much disagree with people on, especially Torah or not Torah. But in most cases, the uncomfortableness of it settles down and everybody gets into a new comfort level of this elephant in the room of disagreement. And it is unpleasant. you know, and that's why, you know, one of the things in the Christian church is that um, just get along with everybody and sin is only what you mean it to be. And so if that person thinks this show is okay to watch on TV and you don't think it's okay to watch, don't judge them because it's not sin if they don't mean it to be sin. It creates this really false sense of everybody's, you know, sin is whatever people want. And so there's, there's no drama. <laughs> well, then, you know, you start saying, oh, no, the Bible clearly tells us what is sin and what is not sin. And, and that's part of it. Remember, without even saying it, you're calling them a sinner. Because if you say, well, I have to keep Sabbath because it's wrong to profane the Sabbath, you're calling them a sinner. And that's extremely uncomfortable for them, for us too, right? So, but at, over time, I have found people just kind of settle in, especially if you are nice. So my first piece of advice is just be nice, walk, walk with meekness, walk with humility. Um, don't go chasing after opportunities to tell them they're wrong all the time. That's not you humble. And if you're just nice, the, the dust sort of settles down. Have grace towards them. Remember that they were taught wrong and that their pastors were taught wrong and to To some extent, it's not their fault. And even though you could say, well, I told them, it doesn't mean that they're convicted. People tell me stuff all the time. It doesn't mean that I'm convicted of their rightness. Um, So it's a work of the Holy Spirit. And 
It doesn't mean that they're rebellious either, just because you told them and they don't see it. So have grace towards them. Have grace about their them being concerned for you because again they really were taught that if you keep sabbath you're going to hell i mean at the root of it that's the biggest deal here so have grace for them and their concerns (laughs) stop talking about it um sometimes with some people you just can't talk about it i mean yeah you just talk about other things And sometimes relationships are not the same. And that's, again, you just have to learn to be content. When the dust settles, it doesn't all settle in the same place as it was before. Sometimes the relationships look very different. The dust will settle eventually, usually, unless you keep on being contentious and they keep chasing after you or something. But it doesn't always look the same. And so some relationships are different. And some sometimes you're not as close to some people as you once were. And that's, there will be some grieving time for that because that is a loss. That's a real loss and that's a real shame and it's a a sad thing. And you don't want that. But if that's the cost of walking like Yeshua, then that's the cost of walking like Yeshua. But you can, sometimes you, you just have to stop talking about your new faith walk. And when you are around those people, just talk about pleasant things and just live at peace with them. Even if it means you talk about the weather or you only talk about current events or whatever it is, like, um, just don't, you don't always have to be telling them about Torah. And if they ask, be thankful for the opportunity. Um, Not all of us get those opportunities to explain ourselves and be ready with an answer, a gentle, loving answer and concise answers especially in emails some sometimes i hear if people a fa- a friend of a friend or a family member will ask them a question and it's really just one question and they answer back with like six pages of emails i don't think that's always helpful and you could come across as a know-it-all you could come across as being preachy you could come across just as obnoxious so and i know and i get it because There's a lot of evidence about why to answer that one question, but work very hard to be very, very concise um, so that you give them little pieces to digest. So if they ask you one question, give them one short answer and say, I could also talk about this and this and this if you're interested and just list two or three things, but don't talk about those things unless then they ask about one of those and then answer just that one thing. A great tool for that also is the book called The Truth by Luke and Katie Abafi. So I will put a link to that in the description below. It gives those really short, concise answers. Um, But yeah, sometimes you just have to stop talking about Torah. You just talk about the weather, and because the relationship is no longer the same. Ultimately, sisters, you can't care what people think. Or you will always be discontent. I mean, care what your husband thinks. That's the one person that it really matters, their opinion of you, of course. But if walking like Yeshua means that other people think less of you, so be it. And it is uncomfortable. I'm not saying it's comfortable. But what I pray for you is that you find contentment in your discomfort. 
And that is possible. The Apostle Paul shows us that. He shows us great examples of contentment in uncomfortable situations, both physically uncomfortable, persecution, people thought very wrongly of him. Yeshua, people thought wrongly of Yeshua, and he's our example. He did not let it get to him. Now, you can correct people from time to time, but you can't let it get to you. You have to find a place of contentment or you're just always going to be stressing about it. And I don't think we need to walk like that because it might not ever change. (laughs) Those people might settle down or they might learn to respect you more or they might come to sometimes people do start to realize after a while, oh, okay, she hasn't like left Jesus. (laughs) Um, But sometimes they might not ever realize that. And they might always look down on you. They might always think you've gone apostate. They might always think you're going to hell. They might think you're no longer a Christian or saved or any of it. So be it. Find a place of contentment. You know you're okay. You know. It's hard. I get it. It's hard. But you're going to move forward anyway. And I hope that you find a place not only of contentment, but joy and peace and excitement, laughing at the future. You know, we'll always mourn when relationships change. But there's also a huge, beautiful future for you. The Father showed this to you for a reason. And it's not because of your own awesomeness. It's because he has work for you to do. He has kingdom work for you, sister. And part of it is just being loving to people, being an example for him. He's opening people's eyes to Torah all over the place. And one of the things people look at with us is, are we still loving? Or have, because they have this idea, I think, of the Old Testament people. Like they were like robots who just did Torah out of strict obedience because, but like they didn't really have any love somehow. (laughs) So they're looking at us to see if we're still loving people. And so your kingdom work and all of this Torah movement, this Torah awakening that the Father is doing might just be to keep on being the same loving person you always were, maybe even more so, because now you know how important it is to keep the commands to love God and love others. So as you move walk forward, the Father has blessings for you. Some things he's taken from you, Some things are just the cost of following him, the cost of taking up your own cross and letting people think less of you because you're going to follow closer to Yeshua. You're going to walk, you're now walking in his shadow closer than you've ever been in his shadow before. People misinterpret that. Oh, the law is just a shadow. No, the law is walking in his shadow. There's no closer place to be to someone than right in their shadow because then you're like right next to them. You're right behind them. You're right in their footsteps. So just keep walking with him, sister. The father has tremendous blessings for you in the future. Some stuff you have to let go, but he's going to give you so much more. Um, talk about grace a lot. You know, if you're on Facebook and you tend to talk about your faith walk, don't just talk about the Torah, and because mostly what you changed were some outward things, the way you eat, the feast, the Sabbath. Talk about the whole word of God. Let them see that you still obey and love and treasure 
the whole word of God. Talk about passages from all over the scripture. Talk about grace. Talk about the goodness of um, his blood shed for your sins. Talk about all kinds of things. Um, Matthew, some, well, Matthew 5, of course, the whole sermon is tremendous. But so, start at verse 9 for this topic. These verses, I think, are really, really fitting. Yeshua says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. So we already alluded to that. While these people think less of you, find a way to live at peace with them rather than cutting them off completely so much as you are able. Verse 10, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake. So you're being persecuted in a way. Now it could be much worse. We're not like in some countries in the world, people are severely persecuted but yes, I understand people thinking you're apostate is a form of persecution, but you're going to be blessed because you're persecuted for the sake of walking righteously. Verse 11, blessed are you when others revile you and they persecute you and they utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Verse 12 is the key then. Rejoice and be glad. Be content. Find joy. Your reward will be great. You're not the first to be persecuted and you're not the last. And here it is again, your purpose. Verse 13, you are the salt of the earth. Don't hide it. Don't worry about what people think because what good are you if you worry so much about what people think that you hide your light? You're a city. Shine your light on the hill. Don't let people squish you. Don't let, don't be scared of people and um, not shine your light. Or you're no good. What good is a city if it doesn't give light? Let them see your good works and let them give glory to the Father who is in heaven. Just keep on doing the next right thing. Love people. Look for opportunities to love them. Look for opportunities to hang out with them in ways that are pleasant and peaceful. But ultimately, you're not going to change. I know you're not going to give up Torah because of what people think. I know you're not. I just also, though, want you in your spirit and in your countenance to be okay, to just be content. And verse 12, rejoice and be glad even. So that was Matthew 5, 9 through 14, sister. To the sister who sent me that question, cling to that. And that's Yeshua himself saying those things. So, and she sent me this a while ago. I wonder if things are already a little better. I hope so. Email me again. If you guys have questions that you would like to hear me talk about on the podcast, um, you can send them to amy at com. I don't tend to answer questions one-on-one via email very often because I just don't have time for that. And I also, oh, you guys know I don't like to teach, teach, but you can try. You can ask me a question. I might do a podcast on it. I might not. But um, amy at com. I do love hearing from you, if nothing else. So I hope this podcast was helpful, sisters. I know there are a lot of you here who are new to Torah and you're in the really, the new period where things are hard. It's very, very hard. So I hope that this encouraged you. You're doing the right thing. Just keep on doing that right thing and you'll be okay. I'll talk to you sisters later. Shalom.